up as he comes. Praise you. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We'll let the, the gap age go back if they want to. There, all of those in gap class, I believe, Brother Kevin Cummins will be ministering there. So, if you'd like to head toward the back, praise God. Praise the Lord. Isn't it good to be in the house of God? There's, there's something about the peace of God that is found at the house of God. Amen. Did you know that uh, uh, the Bible speaks of the treasures of the house of God? Amen. When, when uh, David slew Goliath, do you know where they put the sword? The house of God. Amen. Because we find that David visited the house of God later and he said, do you have a sword? They handed him Goliath's sword, and he said, oh, there's none like this. Amen. Let me tell you, there's things to be had in the house of God that you won't find anywhere else. Amen. I know that we can worship, we can praise, we can magnify God, and we can have a wonderful time in our homes and our houses, but thank God for the ecclesia, the called-out body of Christ. Amen. You know, some would say, some would say, you know, we don't have to have all of that. That's a, that's a thought today that's running through the land. You don't, you don't have to go to the house of God. I find in the book of Revelation that it's written that, that John saw a number no man could, multitude no man could number. Out of every tribe, out of every people, out of every race, out of every nationality, God, amen, he built a church. I'm glad to be part of the church today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I would say today it's good to have Brother Johnny Foe's son with us. We're glad to have him in the house of the Lord. We give him honor today. Praise God. Hallelujah. And also we, we wanted to make mention of this Sunday. We're going to do something a little different for our back to school bash. Amen. We know that, that all of the children are getting ready for school, we know the county is not going back until later. Of course, uh, our our school will be starting next week, and uh, we are going to do something very special. We are going to bring Kids Quest live from the platform here. We're going to come in the house of God, and we're going to have preliminaries. We're going to have worship, Amen. And then Brother Bennett and Brother Jonathan and their wives will be up front, and they're going to be ministering. The children are going to sing, and then we're going to have, you're going to get to see what they do. So we're asking everybody, if you would, to bring all the children you can lay your hands on. Amen. You're going to get to be in Kids Quest. Amen. This coming Sunday. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for that. I'm going to enjoy that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Also, something to keep in mind is this. Uh, in the prayer request, I forgot to make mention. Elder Brother Mason, amen, has COVID. And we want, that's the first case I've heard of in a while. Amen. But we want to pray that God would just touch him and minister to him. Amen. Why don't we do that? Could we do that right now as a body? Lord Jesus, in your name, that's above every name, I come before you. And I pray, God, that you would minister, Lord, your healing touch to Brother Mason. God, raise him up. Bless him. Lord Jesus, apply, God, that balm of Gilead, God, to him. 
Lord, wrap your wings of healing. Lord, let him to be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. We're believing you today. We ask you this in Jesus' mighty name. And the church said amen. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, I want to go to the Word just for a little while. Amen. Brother Josh, it sounds a little cannish in the, in the monitors. If you could. You could back them down just a little bit, I believe would be fine. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 6. I had begun on this before camp meeting, and I had not had an opportunity to finish this. And uh, I, uh, I wanted to get back into the Word of God today concerning this because it is... It is so necessary. Praise God. How many knows, and I, I don't want to bring a, a negative connotation to service, but how many know that there's a dark cloud that's moving throughout the land? Amen. And we know that Jesus is coming, and he said that we would see trials and troubles until he comes. Amen. And then he said during these times, he said, you look up because your redemption draweth nigh. And you know, I believe today that God is unsettling the church. I believe that. Amen. Uh, I believe today that we go through trials and struggles and tribulations. Amen. Let me tell you why this world is not my home. Amen. This world is not my home. And I want everybody to know I don't want to get too comfortable in this world. Because in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye... Jesus is coming after the church. Amen. And I want to be ready to leave this old world. Amen. When the trumpet sounds. Praise God. So I believe today that we need to visit these scriptures and again look at the finishing of this lesson. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 through 6. The Bible said, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing in, into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. I want to teach on this topic just for a little while this evening. Amen. The battlefield of the mind. Amen. The battlefield of the mind. Why don't we just give the Lord a hand clap in this place. <laughs> Praise God. And then we'll allow everybody to be seated today. Praise God. 2 <clears throat> Corinthians 10 and Ephesians 6 how many are familiar with those two passages of Scripture? And they almost mirror each other in many ways. And I'll talk about that. In 2 Corinthians, the Bible tells us, For though we walk after the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Ephesians says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of darkness of this world. Amen. 
Second, uh, Corinthians 10 tells us this. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And Ephesians 6 tells us this. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. So very much like each other, we find these scriptures touching one another. Ephesians 6, they describes the armor and the equipment when you break it down. And I, I was teaching on that in the last lesson, bringing these two portions of scripture together. But Ephesians 6 describes the armor and the equipment. And 2 Corinthians 10 describes the battlefield. How about that? Yeah. Amen. So when you begin to understand one, you'll want to understand the other. Amen. We, we need to know today that we are fighting an enemy that is sly. Amen. An enemy that is a fox. An enemy that operates under the cloak of darkness. He doesn't come to us in a, a, a devil's suit with a pitched fork and, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a pointy tail as we would perceive him to be. But he comes to us how? As an angel of light. Amen. He, he disguises himself. Uh, there was taught such a powerful lesson in, in a camp meeting uh, about that spirit of the snake. Amen. And, and it was made mention that if we saw him as he was, he would be revolting. But to the eye, he is not revolting. To the flesh, he is not revolting, but rather tempting. Amen. I hope we could see tonight our greatest enemy is in a me. That makes sense? Amen. Your biggest battlefield, you know, we, 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 we have this idea, and I've been asked many times about spiritual warfare. And I know, uh, let, me, let me tell us this today, we've cast out many devils even in these altars up here. We've seen deliverance. We've seen people loosed and set free. Amen, that is a form of spiritual warfare, but you're going to find the crux of spiritual warfare going on in your own members. Amen, I, I know today that uh, there are those that pray and they, 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 they start rebuking the kingdom and the power that is above, amen, all things, you know, here in the city and in different cities. Amen, I believe the evangelist when he said, the Lord rebuke thee. Amen. I, I believe that today because I want us to know without Jesus, we don't have any authority and power. Amen. I can tell you on a personal note, having prayed with people, the Bible says lay hands suddenly upon no man. And there are times, even in prayer lines, that I am required to pray for people. And we have prayed uh, visitors coming in, many people in different churches. And uh, during the nighttime, I have battled with some of those, amen, that uh, uh, those spirits that we had rebuked during the day, and they will, they will come and they will try to attack ministry. And I want you to know that there is a real spiritual warfare that we all need to be made aware about. There is a dark side, but I, I want us to understand that the crux of the battle lies right here. This is the place 
that we find that we are instructed to have warfare. Amen. Now some would say, well, Brother Cook, I, I, I do it this way. And Brother Cook, I do it that way. Let me tell you something. If we don't get our spirit under control, if we don't bring our body under subjection, unless we battle the spirits that bombard the mind and the heart and the soul, let me tell you something, amen, you won't have enough authority in you to rebuke any devil that would arise in the city. So let me tell you something, you've got a personal battle to fight before you fight a citywide battle or a nationwide battle. You've got to conquer some some entities that are uh, bombarding minds and 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 circling people and trying to distress the nations. Right. That's what the Bible says about him. Amen. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Everybody say through God. Yeah. Amen. Let me tell you something. If you don't have God in you, you're in trouble. Right. These are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. When Israel came out of bondage, they were led through the wilderness of sin and finally into the promised land. If you'll read about that journey, you are going to find a likeness into our spiritual walk. They were delivered. They had to walk through the wilderness of sin. They made it into the promised land. And then they had to fight their way through the promised land. Now let me tell us today, amen, we are delivered from sin at an altar. Amen. We go through, we battle this process of sanctification in us. Amen. And we find that in that there are things that need to be conquered in self. There are things that need to be put under the blood. There are things that need to be brought under control. There are ideas that are rising up against us. There are things that we... Oh, I know what I'm talking about tonight because I talk to too many people that will tell me, Brother Cook, I don't feel saved. And, and Brother Cook, I have this struggle going on. And I've got this thing and I, I'm battling with this and I'm struggling with it. How in the world is it that, that I have... A, I, I've got salvation in my life let, let me tell us today you need to understand that there's a spiritual warfare going on in the life of the believer amen and there's times uh, oh that when you when you will act as God instructs you to act uh, you're going to put some things uh, under the blood you're going to put amen some principalities and powers in their place through God amen they have to be conquered in ourselves before they are conquered anywhere else. When Israel came out of bondage, they were led through the wilderness of sin and finally into the promised land. When they arrived, they fought the battle of Jericho and Ai. First thing, right off the bat. Just as soon as they crossed River Jordan. You would have thought at this point, Brother Josh, that after 40 years in the wilderness, Fighting snakes and heat and thirsty times and dry times and, and having left Pharaoh's uh, taskmaster hand. You, you would have thought that now they could rest for a while. You ever felt like I just want to rest for a little bit? I'm tired of some things going on in my life. I'm, I'm tired of facing this and I'm tired of battling that and I'm tired of going through this. Let, let me tell you today, Satan knows. 
amen, when you're weak. He knows when you're down. He, he knows when you're struggling. Amen, let me tell us today, I, I've come here tonight, amen, to make you aware of an enemy, amen, that wants to bombard your mind and he wants to come against you until he wearies you and he wears you out and he makes you tired and he gets you to the point that you say, you know, I think I'm just going to quit living for God. It's easier living in the world than it is living in the house of God. I want to tell you today, that's the devil that wants to rob you of God's blessing. That's the devil that wants to strip from you all of the promises of God. Amen. They crossed into, into the promised land, and what did they do? Amen. They fought the battle of Jericho and Ai first thing right off the bat. And the first battle of Ai, they lost it because of sin. Amen. Then immediately, there was a coalition of kings that gathered themselves against Israel. Hear me today. One by one, amen, we find, amen, that this coalition of kings came together. The Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, amen, they all made war with Israel in a coalition pact with one another. But let me tell you this. God delivered Israel. And he didn't just deliver them. Amen. But Israel fought them. Amen. Until, uh, until Joshua pinned those kings uh, against a cave. Uh, and the Bible said that he hung all five of them in a tree. And then threw them in a hillside. And threw rocks over the entrance. And that coalition was defeated. End of story. No more problem. No, sir. That's not what happened. After the coalition was defeated, one by one, Joshua fought the kings and the city of strongholds. Everyone say strongholds. Strongholds throughout the land of promise. Amen. They had to battle one stronghold and then another stronghold. Amen. Uh, Libna, Lachish, Gezer, Eglon, Hebron, Deber. Amen. From Kadesh Barnea to Gaza, from Goshen to Gibeon, they fought battles. When they came into their, oh my Lord, when they came into their place of calling, what did they do? They had to go to war. Right, right. Now let me tell us today, if you're not fighting, you're losing. If you're not battling, you're falling behind. Amen. Let me tell you, God called us to be good soldiers. He called us, amen, to fight the good fight. Amen. Paul said it like this. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my court. Let me tell you something. You want to know one sure way that you're in the kingdom of Christ? You're fighting devils. Hallelujah. Every single stronghold had to come down. As a matter of fact, those strongholds that weren't conquered, you're going to find out they rose up later and they bombarded Israel with different things. Every single stronghold had to come down. Amen. Not just cast down, but God commanded him to kill every living, breathing thing in every city. Let me... Let me Let's just be blunt. Every man, woman, and child was slain. Yes. 
the goats, sheep, amen, the cows, the chickens, amen, they slew them. And you would say, why in the world would innocence suffer the penalty of sin in the lives of people? Let me tell us today, because little sin grows up to be big sin. Always has, and it always will. So I'm going to tell us all today, every one of us, amen, we need, we need to be careful of minor sin. Right. Amen. That's just a little white lie. There is no sin, such thing as a little white lie. Amen. Did you know that? That's, I, I, I was just funny. Amen. This thing wasn't, it wasn't anything major. Let, let me tell us today. Amen. If we could understand, amen, small sin left unchecked becomes major sin. Amen. And we've got to understand today, just like the children of Israel, when they entered into the promised land, amen, they had to stomp out, amen, all of the sin issues that would face them. Some would say, Brother Cook, why are you preaching like that? Amen. Why can't we be running the aisles and, and shouting and dancing? I'm here to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm here to make somebody aware that if you're going to make heaven, you've got to get some things under your feet. Amen. You've got to conquer something. You've got to put it, my God, in the place that it needs to be. You need to recognize this. God has given you authority and power, amen, to have a good warfare in your life. We don't fight and wrestle against the flesh. Now, that is not speaking of the battle of our own flesh, that is speaking of the battle against others. Your battle is not with anybody else. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, and hallelujah. My battle is with nobody physical. My battle is with the devil himself. That's the one that I face. Amen. So we need to understand today that if you're going to live spiritually in a place that God can use you, you've got to conquer some strongholds. Uh, let, me, let me even go as far as to say this. In those times of the kings moving fast forward, you're going to find that a lot of the good kings, Hezekiah was a great king. Amen. He was, he was one of the, the greatest kings, as a matter of fact, for the revival that was produced in the land. Amen. But if I'm not mistaken, he is one of the kings, amen, that left uh, high places that needed to be brought down. You're going to find, amen, Judah would come in and you would have a godly king that would conquer some things tear down some idols, amen, and then the end of that kingship, you would read about, amen, the accolades of the king, and it would say this king followed the ways of David his father, amen, and he restored worship to Israel, and he tore down the idols, amen, how be it he tore not down the high places. Now let me tell us today, the high places are the strongholds in our minds, in our hearts, amen, that we struggle with. After we come to the knowledge of God in our life. Do you see what I'm talking about in spiritual warfare? There are some strongholds in the life of the children of God that need to, oh my, they need to come crumbling down. Amen. Every one of us could point a finger at ourselves, and we could say, I've got this that I just want to conquer. I've got that that I want to conquer. I prayed for people. I've made mention of this before. I prayed for people that were having prayer for something that they were battling in their life. And Brother Nick, 
while I was praying for them, they were shaking their head. And I know what they were saying in their mind. I, this ain't going to happen. I, I just, I can't get through this. I can't get beyond this. I'm stuck in this place. Let me tell you something. Amen. Just like David picked up a rock and slew Goliath, you need to get hold of the rock of ages and you need to bring a devil down that would try to hurt and try to wound and try to maim and try to tear apart. I'm preaching to everybody today. I'm preaching to old Brother Cook and I'm telling us you, you need to call some devils by name. You need to call some infirmities by name. You, you need to call out some high places by name. You need to make war on the devil in the areas of your life that he is attacking you. You need to stand firm upon the word of God and to realize you've got authority in the name of Jesus. You've got power in the blood of the Lamb. God gave you the Holy Ghost not that you would be the tail but the head. Oh listen to me today. Some of you are battling some high places and you will until you die. Until you put them in that place hallelujah praise God hallelujah and I want to tell you today that you will fight no major battles with the enemy uh, if if you can't conquer the corporals and the sergeants you're sure never going to conquer the majors and the generals. Amen. I, I see so many times people. Amen. They want to call out the strong man of the city. And they're battling little old corporals. That are haunting them in areas. And they are abiding in their life. And they're wounded and they're maimed. Amen. And they're, they're like the old mouse. Amen. That got hold of the moonshine bottle. And he stepped up on the old stump and said. Now where's that cat that's been bothering me? You see what I'm saying? I mean, I believe in spiritual warfare. But let me tell you something. If you can't run with a footman, you're never going to make it when the chariots get there. If you can't conquer some simple things in your life, I mean, let me tell you something. You're not going to bring a giant down. These are things every one of us face. Amen. I these could be cross-referenced into all of our lives. These are areas that have to be battled. Amen. Day by day in everything that we are and everything that we're to become. Amen. Our battle is more inward than outward. They are strongholds of our flesh and strongholds of our mind. That's what the Bible says. In Corinthians 10 and 5 it says casting down imaginations and every high thing. Amen. There's that high place that exalteth itself against what? Against the knowledge of God. And bringing them into, into captivity, what? Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. We are finding now that the battlefield is right here. Do you see what I'm saying? Amen. Let me tell you something. Before you live for God here, right here. Amen. Before you get it right, right here. Before you get it right in your walk, you got to get it right in your heart. Amen. Before you get it right in your heart, you got to get it right in your mind. 
Amen. And if in your mind you don't defeat some things that are rising up and haunting you and troubling you, let me tell you something. They'll take you out one day. They'll catch you in a weak time of your life. Amen. And then having all to stand, you ain't stood fast because you haven't committed to a good warfare. I want to tell us today, if you want to live for God effectively, you've got to bring down some high places in your life. change our trajectory. It would change our understanding of some things. Amen. Every sin that we, the church, may struggle with is always it always begins with a thought. Right here. This is where it begins. And then we begin to argue with the thought. The thought will cross our mind. The thought will haunt us. If the thought is not put under the blood and put under the word, amen, that thought will rise up and rise up and rise up and rise up, amen, until it comes to a time that we have had a weak moment in our life and we're either angry about something, upset about something, jealous about something, envious about something, hurt about something, and then we find that in that weak, fleshly time, amen, that every one of us enter into, that old high place up here says, hey, Philip, you remember me? You might as well go ahead and sin today. You might as well go ahead and give it up. Uh, Nobody loves you anyway. Amen. You may not even make it to heaven. Just go ahead and give in. Let me tell you today, if you don't conquer the high places of your life, one day your high place will conquer you. And you've got to get it down. You've got to get it under subjection. You've got to slay it. And you've got to take its head off. Galatians 5 names us some of the strongholds. Talks about them as this. They are the works of the flesh. And I want you to know that the works of the flesh are strongholds of the mind. They are the things that humanity has struggled with since the time of Adam. Amen. You'll find that the works of the flesh are in complete opposition. Amen. to, To the fruit of the spirit. They are, they are direct and in complete opposition of one another. Amen. So let's look today at the work of the flesh. Amen. Galatians 5 names some of the strongholds. The first thing that it names right off the bat, it says this, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, and lasciviousness. I want this church to hear the word of this preacher today. Amen. These four principalities are one coalition from hell that are sent to destroy you. Amen. Do you hear what I'm saying today? There is a dark cloud that is sweeping through the land and it is trying to rip the heart, amen, out of this nation. We are finding today, amen, in schools that we're literally battling for the minds of our children, amen, while drag queens are are reading books to our children. Oh, listen to me today, amen, in Washington, D.C., amen, the LGBTQ, 
amen, are going to be in Washington marching down the street, amen, exposing themselves to the world and somebody is saying, oh, don't preach it too hard, preacher. Amen, I don't want to hear it. Let me tell you something. You better hear it. You better understand it because there's a devil that wants to take your life. It wants to rip everything good away from you. Oh, my Lord, somebody preach it to me. first four principalities are a coalition sent from hell to destroy you and they are, they are wreaking havoc in this nation. Did you know that? According to 2 Corinthians 10, amen, in our imagination and thoughts. Amen, that is the battle that you and I fight. Amen, in our thoughts. It doesn't stop there, but it goes on with these. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, differences. Amen, what is variance? That's difference that lead to disputes. Emulation, jealousies, wrath, strife, sedition. What is sedition? Rebelliousness against authority. Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, drunken foolishness. That's what revelings are. So I'm going to say, well, just a little is okay. I mean, I, I, I can get by with a little. I mean, I, I can keep it under control. Let me, let me tell us today about sin. Amen. Sometimes we want to take sin like a puppy dog and keep it in a little house and feed it every once in a while and pat it on the head every once in a while. Amen. Take it out. Amen. And, and fondle it and play with it for a little while. Amen. Because we think we've got it under subjection. We think, amen, that everything is going to be all right and we can control it. Amen. Let me tell you something. I, I preached this this past Sunday. You can't control it. It will control you. Amen. That which is little will become big. That which is small will become giant. Amen. And those things that you think aren't going to hurt me, ain't going to bother me, ain't going to wreck me. Amen. Pretty soon they'll get so big, they'll take you by the scruff of your shoulder and they'll sling you about spiritually. I'm here to tell you, you need to put them under the blood. You need to put them, my Lord, you need to put them in their place. You need to understand today. You can't put up with that. on to tell us this about it. They, everyone say they. they. That do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Let me give you Philip Cook. Amen. Chapter 1 verse 4. If you do those things you'll go to hell. Is that alright? Amen. If you do those kind of things, it will take you to hell, to a place, amen, where, where the worm dieth not. It's the place where fire is seven times hotter, amen, than anything else in this world. I want you to know this is the gospel. Jesus Christ came that you can live life and live it abundantly. He came that you wouldn't have to live on submission to those things, but in liberty of those things. one of these things every single one of them I want the young folks and the older folks to hear me today every one of these things begins with a thought that's where it begins 
We are bombarded and shines and billboards shines and magazines that are hanging loose in stores. We're bombarded on Facebook and bombarded in in all forms of advertisement and social media. Amen. We're bombarded. Amen. I want us to understand today. Amen. That if we don't pay attention to the holy vessel God called us to be. Amen. In the weak moment of our life, Satan will take you out of this world and you'll leave this place lost. Amen. And full of sin. God has called us, amen, to be more than that. I don't know about you, but I'm a child of the king. I'm born again. I'm blood bought. God has called me to live holy and act holy and dress holy and walk holy and live holy. Oh, hear me today. Amen. You ought to love holiness like you love God. You ought to walk in holiness with everything you've got. Why? Because you've got to bring these things down. And until you hate these things, until you learn to hate the sin, the sin will conquer you. We have it in our minds sometimes, our picture or our thought of the characteristics of someone that is a spiritual giant. That man is a spiritual giant. Great things have come from his ministry. That man is truly a man of God. They've laid hands on the sick. they prophesied to gobs of people. This man, amen, has many preachers that are submitted unto him. That's a great man of God. Did you know that's not a measuring stick of nothing? I'm preaching the truth today. Let me, let me tell you what a spiritual giant is according to the word of God. That we don't misunderstand it. Amen. We, but I will submit a spiritual man is, is the one described in Galatians 5 and 24. The Bible said, but they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. Amen. They have torn down the strongholds of their life. You want to know who a giant is? A giant is a man that is dead to the world. That's a different viewpoint, isn't it? The giant, the spiritual giant, is the man or woman that lives for God. And they live above the temptations of life. Some would say, well, listen, I was born again in 1778. I've lived for God for a lot of years, preacher. You can't tell me you can't tell me what it's like to live for God. When's the last aggravated fit you've brought? Amen. When's the last time you haven't become jealous of somebody? When's the last time that you didn't battle temptation and lust? When's the last time you haven't talked about somebody? When's the last time that you haven't conquered some of these areas in your life? Do you see what I'm saying? Amen. It's one thing, amen, to say a man is a giant in the Lord because he's laying hands on the sick and they're recovering and he's prophesying to people. But let me tell you what the Word of God said. In the end time... 
there was going to be a group of people that was going to come before him and they are going to go before him amen, and they're going to say, Lord, we prophesied, we, we've laid hands on the sick and they've recovered. We've done all this in your name. And he's going to say, depart from me, you workers of? Oh, wait a minute. You workers of? Though they prophesied, yes. You want to know why? Because the name of Jesus is powerful whether a saint or a sinner says it. You hear what I'm saying? That name is powerful. Let me tell you something. A sinner can tell somebody about the plan of salvation. And that individual can be saved. And the individual telling it will be lost. You want to know why? Because the word is powerful. Whether anybody speak it, that word is absolute truth. So we need to understand today that laying on of hands is good, yes. Speaking in tongues, that comes with the Holy Ghost. Amen. The, the gifts of the Spirit, amen, they're real, they're powerful, they're authoritative. Amen. The pro prophetic, all of that, it's good. But let me tell us today, the spiritual man, the spiritual giant has crucified the flesh and the lust thereof. He has brought his body, his soul, and his mind under subjection to the Spirit of God. That is a spiritual giant. Amen. He said if we live in the spirit. Let us also walk. In the spirit. Galatians 6 also tells us. Of another trait. Of a spiritual giant. Brethren. If a man. Be overtaken in a fault. Ye. Which are spiritual. Oh, how about that? Oh, but this guy is prophesying like crazy. Would you to hear what I'm saying today? If a man be overtaken in a fault, you which is spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. In other words, you minister, amen, to the, to the sinner and to the saint. And you restore those that are struggling in the flesh. You restore those that are struggling in their mind. You restore those that are going through something. I want to preach tonight to the church and tell us today we need to have an attitude of restoration. We need to have an attitude of reaching out to people and loving one another and ministering to one another and helping one another and lifting one another up. It's easy to kill a man. It's harder to restore him. So I would ask you today, are you spiritual or are you not? If we were to pose that question for ourselves using the measuring stick of the word, where do we fit in? Have we acted in the way of restoration lately? Have we brought this whole body under subjection and put it in the place Amen. Well, the body is not the boss, but the soul and the spirit is the boss. Amen. Ephesians 6 and 17 describes the spiritual soldier. And it said this, And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. What is the helmet of salvation? What protects the mind uh, uh, from ungodly thoughts? And it defends us from ungodly thoughts. 
1 Corinthians 2, hear me this today, church. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know. Everyone say no. no. You've received the spirit of God to do what? To know. God has given you the Holy Ghost that you may discern. Discern what? The things which are freely given to us of God. If you've got the Holy Ghost down in your soul, just like the Bible says, you're going to know what the promises of God are. You're going to know about the assurances of God. You're going to know about the power of God. You're going to know about the goodness of God. Oh, listen to me. God gave you the Holy Ghost. Not only to be saved, but to battle some of these things that we all fight with in our life. The church, to hear me today. If you're struggling here in your mind, amen, when you fail in your mind, the door of your body and your soul becomes an open entrance to every stronghold from hell that desires to devour you. Amen. When we fail here first, what happens is we open the door, Sister Jennifer, to our heart. And we say hell can enter into this place. Amen. We've got to guard our mind. We've got to guard the thoughts that we think. We've got to guard our direction. We've got to guard our understanding. Amen. We need the Holy Ghost down in our soul just like the Bible said. Amen. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and what else? Oh, say it again. A sound mind. Say it again. A sound mind. Amen. I think I'm losing my mind. I think I'm going crazy. I think I'm about to crack. I think I'm about to, to go through something. I think I can't take any more. Amen. Let me tell you something. If you've got the Holy Ghost down in your soul, you need a prayer meeting in your life to remind you of who you are and where Christ has brought you from. You need a remembering. Oh, Lord, listen to me. Of the things that you battled. Amen. Since you walked in here, Sister Stacy, a few years ago, ready to commit suicide, had about lost your mind, but God delivered you at an altar. Amen. And then God ministered to the mind. And all of a sudden, I don't think like that anymore. I don't act like that anymore. I don't do like. Oh, listen to me today. When you get it in your mind, when God gives you the Holy Ghost, you don't think like you used to. And if you're wondering why you think like you used to, it ought to be a reminder in your life that you need more of the Holy Ghost. Somebody thinks that you can get only so full of the Holy Ghost. I reject that idea. Do you want to know why they what they use as a gauge and a measure, amen, to find the first deacons in the church. Amen. Brother Jones, do you know that offhand? Full of the Holy Ghost. Not half full. Didn't, didn't have a quarter tank. Wasn't running on fumes. He said, you find seven men full. Oh, listen to me. Amen. I, I want us to understand today. 
we need to have revival down in our souls that we get so full of the Holy Ghost that everywhere we go, we drip Holy Ghost. When we walk down the street, the Holy Ghost ought to be dripping from our pores and from our members. It ought to be on us to the point that when people would see us, they would get under conviction because something is going on in their life. I want everybody to hear me. When you get it right, when you get it absolute right, you'll get so full of the Holy Ghost, you won't care about the things of the world. I know it's getting to be time. I want you to hear me. This is so important. This is what God spoke into my mind and heart. Sound mind is taken from the Greek word sophronio. And it means to be saved or delivered. God has given us a mind of salvation. What does that mean? That means that I think about salvation. I live, I walk in the areas of my salvation. Amen. That helmet of salvation. Amen. What is it? It is the mind of Christ put on with, with the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Those ungodly thoughts that permeate the mind. Do you to hear me today? We all have them, don't we? If you have them, just lift your hand. It's all right tonight. I want everybody to see. Look around, everybody. Everybody, every hand in this place ought to be raised. If you've got a body of flesh, you've thought ungodly thoughts. Well, let me tell you what happens when you think on those things too long. You take the no trespassing sign out of your life. And you literally give him permission to hunt for you. How about that, Brother Matt? He knows what I'm talking about, about hunting. Used to us old country boys, if it wasn't posted, it was legal to hunt. Your brother Willie was in here, he had amen me real loud. We'd say, it ain't posted. I want you to understand when we allow these thoughts to run rampant in our mind, we take the no trespassing sign out of our life and we literally open the door to an enemy that will wreck us. Right here. Did you know you are the only creature that can control his thoughts? You want to know what makes you different from the deer and the antelope and the buffalo that roam in the plains? You have a mind that you can tell yourself what to think. Somebody said, well, that's impossible. If it's impossible, why would Paul say, whatsoever things are good? Whatsoever things are perfect. Whatsoever things are lovely. He said, think on these things. In other words, you control the thoughts of your mind, Sister Shasta. What am I telling us? Amen. To bring those old things down. When your mind begins to tell you they're talking about me, that's a lie out of the pits of hell. 
Amen. I might as well go ahead and do it. That's a lie from the enemy that he's whispering in your ear. You need to recognize. You need to know what the devil is trying to work in your life. No one will ever know. Oh, yes, they will. You need to recognize. Oh, listen, there's an enemy that wants to convince you of something you don't need to be convinced of. And if you don't have on the mind of Christ, you'll be def- you'll be convinced of it started to say defensed of it convinced of it 1st Corinthians 3 and 16 I'm getting finished for who hath known the mind of the Lord that if they may instruct him but we have the mind of Christ what am I saying my mind is baptized in the spirit right here That's his game. That's his trick. That's what he wants to do. He wants to, he wants to attack us with what's behind us. Amen. But when I put on the mind of Christ, what is it? It's under the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's no trespassing for him. Amen. I, I love this. Amen. When the devil wants to remind you of your past, you need to remind him of his future. My mind is baptized in the spirit. Amen. My walk in the spirit Amen. I am considering things in the spirit. I'm discerning in the spirit. Listen to this. I'm made teachable by the spirit. If we, if any of us ever come to a place that we cannot have someone teach us, I want you to know that you're on your way to backsliding. Amen. Praise God. He said, taking the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Everyone say the word. James 4 and 7 says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You can submit without resisting, but you'll never resist without submitting. I'm going to say that again because it's, it's noteworthy. You can submit without resisting, but you will never resist without submitting. Hear me today. You cannot battle any devil unless you are submitted unto God. Not only submitted unto God, but all things in your life in order. Do you hear what I'm saying? Amen. You don't rob a bank and and then go rebuke a devil. If you live breaking the laws of the land, you're not under the right authority. Amen. Let me go a little further. If you're not obedient to the man of God preaching out of the word of God, Amen. You're, you're crawling out from underneath or walking out from underneath the umbrella of the Word of God. He said you submit yourself into those areas. Submit yourself unto God. Submit. I'm, I'm talking about biblical truth. I'm not just talking about the man. I'm talking about the Word of God. Hear me today. When you submit yourself to the Word. Amen. You put this thing in proper You can submit without resisting, but you will never resist without submitting. Submission. How do we submit ourselves unto God? We could all quote this, but it needs to be memorized and planted deep within our soul. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. If you are not living a holy life, The devil is not trespassing. He's got complete right to walk all over you. 
If you're not striving to be holy in your life, the devil has complete authority to do whatever he wants to in your life. Amen. And as far as the Lord will allow him. So what do we do? We submit ourselves unto God. Let me tell us, we are never so vulnerable as we are presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. Read about Isaac. They bound his feet, bound his hand, laid him on an altar. And if God had not have stopped Abraham, he would have cut his son's throat. But God stopped it. But we find that not only was Abraham submitted, but Isaac was submitted. When you are submitted unto God, you will give your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Amen. I, I was listening to the, the, to the Kojic church. I'm, stand with me. I was listening to the Kojic church, the old bishop there in Memphis, Tennessee. It's out of Elder Bishop Mason's teaching. And I'll never forget in a church of God in Christ, that is a Trinitarian Pentecostal church that had so many good men in it, they just didn't understand the full truth. But I listened to him that taught against the ways of holiness as we as apostolics knew it. But they had a revival one time. And I'll never forget this revival, Brother Danny, because G.E. Patterson was his name. G.E. Patterson got, he got on the, the news and he, he got across the radio, WMC News Talk 79. I listened to him being interviewed. And they asked him, they said, what's happening there? He said something, he said, that is absolutely phenomenal. He said, people are being baptized with the Holy Ghost. He said, like I've never seen it happen. And he said, and they're pulling things off in their life. He said, they're taking makeup, they're taking earrings, they're taking necklaces. He said, they're stripping themselves of these things. Now, let me tell you, they were not wrong, at least in the Kojic way of thinking. But when these folks got hold of the Holy Ghost down in their soul. Amen. Let me tell you something. There was a man one time that walked up to a burning bush and the Lord spoke to him out of that burning bush and he said, take off your shoes. He said, because the ground you're walking on is holy ground. You're going to find out when you have a revival of holiness in your life, you'll take some things out of your life. That's the law of adding God by subtraction of the world. When we subtract the world and the things of the world and the ideas of the world, amen, you become accessible to God. I want you to think about your first trip to an altar. When you were filled, Brother Zane, when you were filled with the Holy Ghost, you said, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Y'all remember when you got the Holy Ghost, you'll say, I'll do anything. I'll go anywhere. I'll say anything. And God said, I'll take you at your word. And he gave you the Holy Ghost down in your soul. When we submit ourselves unto God, we surrender everything that we have. And then we become usable in the body of Christ. Oh, aren't you glad that you know who Jesus is? Hallelujah. couldn't get done. That's like usual. We told Brother
Carpenter the other night. We met him at the back door, and I think Sister Coop was the one. Brother Carpenter said, he said, I'm so sorry I preached so long. My wife said, oh, my husband does that all the time. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm a little long-winded, but I'm thankful that I know the Word of God. Oh, aren't you thankful for the Word of God?